know things are different and things are out of what we're used to. Uh, but it seems like I know a pastor who's been saying for quite a while, what if we can't meet like we normally meet? What if we can't do what we normally do? And uh, what, if, what if things are where we can't meet together? What are we going to do? Are we still going to be Christians even though we can't come to the building? Are we still going to be a part of the church even though we can't come to the church building? Amen? And so now this is a true and testament to, to our faith and a true testament to what God's been saying to us. Amen? And uh, so it's not odd for me to preach to empty seats because I sometimes I do it just to see how it's going to sound. And uh, I'm uh, so... I've got a few faces in here that I'm going to look at and yell at, and uh, but uh, I am uh, I'm thankful you're joining us today, either by radio or by Facebook, and I, I want to uh, I want to let you know that Wednesday night, this coming Wednesday night, uh, I have a special a special live stream set up. Uh, some friends of mine are going to be stopping by, and we're going to be singing some songs and just ministering. Uh, through some time there, and uh, so I want you to tune in. Be sure to tune in and share, uh, share it on Wednesday night because it's going to be good. Um, also, uh, we are we are trying to set things up to uh, maybe do have our Easter service out on the front lawn. Uh, I am currently looking for a an old timey revival tent. And we're going to try to set up a tent so we can uh, have our space outside and have a good old-fashioned revival Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And uh, I'm believing God's going to open the door for that. Uh, maybe that'll happen. If it doesn't, then we'll just continue to do what we're doing until we're told otherwise. But uh, I heard the president say the other day that he, he's wanting us to be back in church uh, by Easter Sunday, so wanting the churches to be back together by Easter Sunday, so uh, I'm thankful for that, amen, and uh, so look for that, look for, uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted on that through the Remind text and all of that, I, I love you today and I appreciate you, appreciate your understanding and your willingness to serve the Lord in, in this trying time, but you know what, God is still God. He still loves us, and He's still working and fighting for us. Even though things in this world are going haywire, uh, God is still in control. So I want you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. And, and uh, we're going to just discuss a little, little bit this morning. We're still talking about being spiritually minded, and we've talked about this a little bit. I'm just going to read one passage, one verse of Scripture. We're going to talk about a little bit more of it, but I'm just going to read one verse for you this morning. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, and it says simply, Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Father, I thank you for this day. And I thank you for these people who are faithful to you. I thank you for these people who are willing to, Lord, even to sit in their vehicles and, 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 
be a part of this service today or, or tune in on Facebook and be a part of this service today, Lord. And I thank you for that, Lord, because we know that we are made more than conquerors through your blood. We've been made more than conquerors through the sacrifice that you gave on our behalf. And we thank you today. We stand here today. We stand together today, Lord, knowing that you are fighting for us. And Lord, we praise you right now and we honor you. I submit to you this morning and God, I surrender everything to you today. Lord, I love you and I ask for you to have your way in the rest of this service. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I want to I focus on, on this passage of scripture today and I don't want to take it out of context, but I, I want to ask you a simple question. And I want, I want you to ask yourself this question. I want you to put this into the frame of, of mind. And I want you to hear where my heart, where the Lord is taking us today. But I want to ask you something. Do, do you have a life of godliness or do you have a form of it? That's a hard question, I know. And, and I know you may, I don't want you to be offended by that. But if you are offended by that, maybe you really need to ask yourself that question. Because a form of godliness, one, is not going to get you into heaven. Two, it's not going to get you any closer to the king. And three, you're going to get a lot of, uh, you're going to miss out on a lot of blessings in your life by having just a form of godliness and not the fullness of the relationship that goes along with that. So I want you to understand as I ask this question for, to you today, I want you to ask yourself, am, am, I, am I really truly in depth with my relationship with God? Am I, am I really where I need to be? Am I really spiritually minded? Am I really uh, in, in the process of doing what God has called me to do? Or am I, uh, am I just going through some religious uh, forms? So I want you to remember uh, if you read back through the first few verses of this, first, first, uh, first, I mean, Second Timothy, I'm sorry, the first three verses of this, the first four verses, uh, Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, "In the last days, this is verse one. In the last days, perilous times will come. In the last days, perilous times will come." And I wonder. Uh, what that's going to look like. Because he goes on, and, and I want you to get this today. I want you to get this because we're thinking right now of perilous times. And when I say that, you're thinking about coronavirus. Or maybe you're thinking about tornadoes or, or earthquakes or, or all kind of natural disasters. But I want, you to tell, I want you to see what Paul said about perilous times. Because he wasn't talking about the weather and he wasn't talking about plagues. He says, men shall be lovers of themselves, and they shall be lovers of money, and they shall be lovers of pleasures more than they are lovers of God. They'll be boasters, and they'll be uh, backbiters, and they'll be all of these things. They'll be, they, they won't have a respect for the house of God. They'll come to the house of God because they're doing their religious duty. They'll be a part of the church because that's their religious thing that they feel like they're doing uh, for God to be on the right side of God. But the truth of the matter is, is they are lovers of themselves and not lovers of God. What, and we're going to talk about this just a little bit today. So, uh, and, and I, but I want you to ask yourself, 
do I have a form of godliness or am I, am I truly in a relationship? Am I in a relationship good enough that I can call on Him and know that He's listening? Am I in a relationship with Him good enough that, that He is answering my prayers? Amen? Come on, have you had your prayers answered lately? Have you had a relationship and a fellowship with Him? Have you, have you got it in your mind that He is the most important thing in the world? Not just so you can show off at how good of a Christian you are, but show you, so you can show off how good of a God He is. Amen? That's the difference in being spiritually minded and carnally minded. But I want you to look at, at how important Paul makes this out to be for Timothy. He tells Timothy to turn away from these kinds of people. Now, Timothy is a pastor. And, as, and I can tell you from, from being a pastor, it's hard to turn people away. It's hard to take and, and, and walk away from people because you want a pastor's heart is to see everybody come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. A pastor's heart is to see everybody blessed and see everybody full of the glory of God. But, but Paul is telling Timothy, when you see men being lovers of themselves, boasters, and, and, and all of these things that he names in these verses, turn away from them. Don't let them influence you. Don't let their, don't let their egotistical mindset, don't let their, their lives of peril, don't let their lives bring you to a point of falling into that trap, Timothy. You're a young pastor. You're a young pastor, Timothy. And, and, and if you're not careful, you can be swayed one way or the other. And so I, I, I kind of, um, I can kind of see this with Timothy because I'm, I'm a young pastor. Amen. Those who are in here are laughing at me, but I am a young pastor. My birth certificate says it. Amen. I hope you're laughing in your cars. Uh, uh, but I want you to, I found something intriguing in this verse, in this chapter, I mean, uh, because Paul takes this all the way back to Moses. He relates this perilous time and he relates men uh, being lovers of themselves and, and lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God all the way back to the time of Moses. And I want to show you this. Look at verse 8 in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I don't know how to pronounce these names, so I'm going to do the best I can. But he says, Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. Now, now I've just... I told you a few weeks ago in the version Bible, in the iPad version, there are these tabs that you can click on and it gives you reference scriptures into what to go to. So I was like, who is this Janus and Jambres? Who are these guys? And Their names don't pop up in the Old Testament that I saw because the scriptures that were given as reference, their names didn't come up. But this is what... This is what... Is, is being shown, okay? Uh, this is what I found. Janus and Jamrus were the magicians in, in Pharaoh's court. And they tried to imitate everything that God did through Moses. They tried to... Uh, um, they tried everything that... When Moses threw his staff down and it turned into a serpent, they did the exact same thing. They were magicians. 
And if I'm understanding things right, uh, and I want you to understand, these, these were men of a worldly mind seeking the power from their false gods, making up potions and all sorts of things to stay in good with Pharaoh. And see, why, why I want to relate this to you is because religion imitates, but relationship accelerates. You get that? Religion imitates, but relationship accelerates. What does that mean? Well, Paul in his letter to Timothy, he's comparing the mindset of, of those who are lovers of themselves and, and, and all these other things to these magicians. Because these magicians had a form of power. They had a form of power. That scripture goes on to say they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. They deny the power of God. Where the, they're denying where the power source comes from. They're denying who the power source. See, they're, they're into magic. They're into witchcraft. And, and according to 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23, rebellion is the same as witchcraft. You get that? Rebellion is the same as witchcraft. Uh, and, and so this magic was along the same lines of witchcraft. So these men are rebelling against the power of God, trying to imitate God, which is a religious mindset. Do you get that? And, and so uh, the, these men uh, have a carnal mindset, if you will, because they're lovers of themselves because they're trying to stay alive in the presence of Pharaoh. They want to please Pharaoh because when they please Pharaoh, Pharaoh pleases them. He takes care of their needs. He calls on them in important times. He takes care of their, he makes sure they're fed. He makes sure they have what they need. And as long as they please Pharaoh, they're taken care of. And a lot of times I think our religious mindset and our carnal mindset gets us as long as we do what God does and we please Him good enough, then He's going to take care of us. Well, I'm going to tell you something. God takes care of His own. And God does take care of His children when we obey. But if you're doing things just to try to get God to move on your behalf, you do not have a spiritual mindset. You have a religious mindset, thinking that you own God rather than God owning you. Amen? And this is what Paul was talking about. Perilous times are going to come because men are going to become more like that in that day. Men are going to become so full of themselves and, and we, we're, going to, we're going to do this and make God do this. No, you're not going to make God do anything. You're not going to make the author and the finisher of our faith do anything except when your faith and your trust and your belief and you, your humbleness before Him, that's when God says, yeah, that's my child. I'm going to give them what they need. I'm going to move on their behalf. I'm going to, I'm going to bless them. I'm going, to, I'm going to help them. I'm going to move and, and be there for them. So this carnal mindset of being a lover of self more than a lover of God, it's rebellion. And rebellion is the same as witchcraft. And that's what these men were doing. They were doing witchcraft to imitate what Moses was doing. And this is what Paul is relating to. So... Uh, what we don't understand, this is going to be a hard statement. This is one of those times I'm thankful people are in their cars. 
Nobody can throw anything at me. Amen. <laughs> Wesley said he can. Uh, but I want you to get this. And this is going to be blunt, all right? But if you're fulfilling the lusts of the flesh, you're thinking carnally. And if you're thinking carnally, you're rebelling against the things of God. And in so doing, you are performing magic tricks for Pharaoh. And that's causing others to be in bondage. And it's keeping them from the freedom that God has planned for them. But I want you to know something. When God hears the cry of His children, it doesn't matter how much Pharaoh resists. It doesn't matter how much magic. It doesn't matter how much witchcraft the magicians had. Because when God has a plan for His children to set you free, there's nothing that can keep you bound. You want to know why? If you look on over in Exodus chapter 9, it says that, they, that the magicians couldn't go against Moses because they couldn't stand in His presence because they had so many boils on their feet. My friend, when God gets ready to move on your behalf, no witchcraft can stop what God's going to do. There is no power in hell. There is none that can stop. There is none that can falter. There is none that can fail because the power of God is going to move on the behalf of His children. When we are truly His children. Amen? Amen. He's glory. He needs to be glorified and honored for that. Amen. So back to my question. Do you have a life of godliness or just a form of it? Because a spiritual mind over a religious mind, a spiritual mind actually works and walks in the power of God. See, a form of godliness denies God's power. And we, we point fingers at churches, oh, they don't do it the way we do it, or this or that. No, no, no. Listen, we're not here to point fingers at other churches. We're here to pray for them. And a spiritual mind knows that it's time to pray for other churches. It's time to pray for the nation. It's time to pray for the world. Because there's an, a, a pandemic, there's an epidemic, there's all kind of demics going on. Amen? See, the difference in, in a spiritual-minded person is that they know what it means to live by faith. We don't have to put on a show and try to make things happen. A person who is living by faith is willing to step out by faith and walk by faith even though it doesn't make very much sense. Amen? A, per, a person who is spiritually minded is listening to the voice of the Lord from here and, and, and processing it here because, God, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like something I ought to do. But, Lord, if you'll show me what I need to do, I'll do whatever you ask. That's walking by faith and stepping out of the boat and, and doing what God has asked you to do. That's what a spiritual mind does. And a spiritually minded person does not allow fear to keep them from doing what God has called them to do. A spiritually minded person does not allow fear to keep them from doing what God has called them to do. 
nor does a spiritually minded person hold back anything from the Lord. Hello? A spiritually minded person doesn't hold anything back. That's worship. That's giving. That's time. That's whatever the Lord asks. Nobody, we don't. A spiritually minded person doesn't hold back from the Lord. Because we know that we have a promise that whatever we release will be given back. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over so that you can continue to give. Amen? So one who is spiritually minded is going to walk in the abundance and the overflow of the power of God. And this means laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Not just laying hands on them and praying and hoping something's going to do. Uh, just, oh Lord, please heal them. And then leave and, and think, well, God, oh, I hope God heard me. I hope God don't make me look bad. Amen? Right? I've done it. I, I'm, I'm man enough to confess. I've done that. I've prayed for people. I've prayed for people in the hospital. I've prayed for people in the altar. And I've walked away and I thought, Lord God, I hope you heard me. I hope, hope this works. And that's not faith. That's not faith. Faith is knowing that when you pray as a child of God, He's hearing. Faith is knowing because religion imitates, but relationship accelerates. And it accelerates the relationship you have between Him and you. And it, it, it accelerates your faith. Amen? And, and so this means that we know that when we are speaking, we always are speaking in the authority of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit of God. And we're not always elegant with words as Paul said to the Corinthians. He said, I didn't come to you with fancy words. I didn't come to you with words that are big and bold. He said, but I come to you in the power of the Holy Spirit preaching the name of Jesus. That name that is above every name. Amen? And so, as we've said before, to have a spiritual mind is to be taking on the mind of Christ and to have the mind of Christ, walking and talking as Christ, doing what Christ did in this world. And what did He do? He loved people. He loved the unlovable. He loved the ones that everybody else had written off. He healed the ones that nobody thought could be healed. He raised the dead after everybody thought it was too late. But he did those things. And you know what he said to us? I've given you the power to do that. Amen? But as we read in the beginning of this series, in Romans chapter 8, that a carnal mind is enmity with God, against God. A carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Now I want you to look at this, this word enmity. I looked this up again, and it means to show hostility towards. You get that? To show hostility towards. Therefore, when we allow ourselves to let the carnal mind have its way, we're being hostile towards God. Not only are we performing witchcraft in our rebellion, in a religious mindset, but we're being hostile towards God. What does that mean? That means I, I, I'm showing hostility towards God. That means I have, 
uh, uh, I'm fighting against him. I'm, he's, he's not, I'm saying he's not on my side. i got to do this on my own. Well, that's exactly what secular humanism is teaching today. And if we're not careful, that kind of teaching is coming into the church. If we're not careful, we're going to get that in our minds and we're going to think, well, I can take care of this and I can do enough to fix this. And if I just say this the right way, they'll forgive me. And this, Let me tell you something. God wants you to know that He is big enough to fix your least problem and your greatest problem. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend. And that song, in some part of that song, oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. He's the God of the little and He's the God of the big. It doesn't matter the size of your issue. It matters the size of the, how big you make God in your life. Let your, God, let your issue know how big your God is. Amen? Sound like a cliche there. But enmity, that, that word enmity, because the carnal mind shows hostility towards God. Well, Pastor, I can, I can quote you a, a Genesis to Revelation. I can quote the Bible. That's, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm glad you can. But do you know the author? Well, I, I, can, I, can, uh, I, I, can, I can preach to anybody. Well, that's great. Do you know, do you know the, the, the author of the book? Do you know the original teacher? Do you know the one who who gave his life for you. That's what matters more than anything. I would love to be able to just stand up here and quote Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. And I'd love to be able to remember those things and, and, and know those things. And I admire people who can, but I know the author. I know the one that died for me. I know the one who gave his life for me. I know the one that, that, that put his body on that cross that put his body on that post and took that beating. I know him. I don't, I don't just have a, a, a know about him, but I have a know him. And that's what being spiritually minded is. And I'm not saying this to say that I'm better than you or better than anybody else. What I'm trying to do is differentiate the fact that there are people today with carnal minds thinking they're doing God's work. God's work is loving others, not overshadowing them with how much you know. And uh, I remember back when we first started in the basement, our, our pastor, Brother Bobby, he said, you know, there was a statement that he had heard years ago, and he said, you know, people don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. And that's what God is looking for in His people today, to, to show His love to them, to show His concern for them. So when we allow ourselves to let the carnal mind have its way, we're being hostile towards God. So I want to share something to you, with you this morning that, that I, was, I was discussing with my buddy Shay the other night. America is in a, is in a bad shape because of this perilous acts of men. They're lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. We're in a time that, that this has put America in a bad way because we're more concerned about what we can get out of the land. Uh, you know, the, the Bible teaches that you're supposed to 
work the land? Is it work the land for six years and then rest on the seventh year? And God will have more, but, but we don't know how to rest anymore. We don't know how to let the land rest anymore. We're trying to, we're, we're in such a panic, we've got to fix food for everybody instead of allowing God to be God. It doesn't make sense to the atheist because we've got to work. We've got to provide for ourselves because if there's no God, then we've got to fix for ourselves. Amen? But, but God said, I want you to work the land for six years, and then on the seventh year, you're going to have more than enough. Amen? But, but because we've got the mindset that, that we're in control of our own destiny, we're in a bad shape. We are in perilous times. But I want to, I want to, I want to bring your attention to something, and maybe some of you know about this, and maybe some of you don't. But there was a... Uh, a man who passed away in 2016, a great prophet of God. And, and I know some people are like, I'm not real sure about those prophets and things like that. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you, and you can look this up on YouTube and find this, okay? This happened in 2007, 2011, and 2014. There was a modern-day prophet named Kim Clement. And in those years, all three years... All three of those years, 2007, 2011, and 2014, he prophesied that Donald Trump would be president. Not just one term, but for two terms. He, and, and, and like I said, you can look this up on YouTube, but uh, this was way before Donald Trump ever said he was going to run for president because he didn't do that till late 2015, if I'm right. Uh, or, or early 2016, but uh, Kim Clement uh, even spoke clearly that they would cry out impeachment, impeachment. And he stated things concerning the whistleblower. You, I'm, I'm telling you, you need to look this up. He even prophesied that the stock market would hit 20,000, and it did in 2017. But I'm not here to focus on that. Those are awesome. There's one thing he said in the midst of all of this. And I want you to get this. He's made the statement, in the midst of all of these things, America would be brought to its knees. And as Shay and I were discussing this Friday night, as Shay stated, he said, you know, I think everybody that heard that thought that the impeachment part of that was when we were all, when the church would all be put on their knees and things. He said, but, but uh, he said, look where we are today. It's now that this virus has affected people in such a way that they're so afraid. The fear has set in and they're looking for hope looking for a hope, looking for something to grab hold of. Because if I get this, I may die. This is a bad sickness. This is a bad virus. This is something that could kill us. America would be brought to its knees. But right after that, he made this statement. God says healing shall begin and flow rapidly. God says healing and healing shall begin and flow rapidly. 
But where and when is this going to happen? I can tell you when. When we as the body of Christ, when we as the church of God get out of our hostility towards God, get out of our religious mindset that we're doing God a favor by being here, when we get out of our religious mindset that that God is supposed to fit me and God's supposed to take care of me and God's supposed to be this to me, well, when we get out of that mindset and get our place back into a self-humility before the Lord and get ourself into a place of humbleness before God, then God is going to start laying his hand upon us yet again and we're going to start laying hands on the sick and all of a sudden the virus can't stand when the presence of God comes in but the presence of God will not come in until the church humbles itself. We must humble ourselves before the Lord. We must be in a constant mindset of prayer. Paul said to pray without ceasing. We must lay aside the sin of hostility towards God. Oh, I, don't, I don't have hostility towards God if you are fulfilling the lust of your flesh. Yes, I'm sorry. We all do. If you're fulfilling the lust of the flesh, it's a carnal mind. We're a people who are supposed to be giving. We're a people who are supposed to be loving we're a people who are supposed to be helping. And I thank God. Boy, it was an awesome time this week to see the people of the city uh, getting together and, and cutting trees for one another. And that's great, and I love that. That's awesome. It shows that our community has hope. We as a body of Christ, we've got to be reacting. We've got to be acting. And we've got to be going and making disciples and baptizing them. We've got to be loving them and giving to them and helping them when it hurts. When it hurts. Because you know what? God gave to us when it hurt. It hurt him so bad he had to turn his face from his own son because he had taken our sin upon himself. Now I ask you this. And I'm, I'm, I'm closing with this. But what if, what if, think about this. What if spirit-filled doctors and nurses started laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover before they wrote the prescription? What if we as a body began to pray for our doctors and nurses, began to pray for our first responders, began to pray for those who have authority over us? What if, and all of a sudden, I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, I, just, I just touched him, and all of a sudden he's healed. Amen? What medicine did you get? I didn't even give him any medicine. He, I just touched him, and he's out. I can't find it anymore. What happens? Well, there's only one place the glory goes to. And that's what God is looking for, because he's the only one who deserves it. He's the only one who deserves it. We, the church, need to begin to pray for everyone that has authority over us. We need to, right now, we need to be praying for doctors and nurses. We need to be praying for uh, the firemen and, uh, and those who are out there putting their lives on the line, our policemen, and, and all of these people who are doing what, what it takes to, to make sure we are taken care of. And in that light, we're called to do that. We're called to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, 
Give, give drink to the poor. To visit those who are unable to be free. I want to ask you something today. Are you just a part of a church? Or are you a part of the church? Because being a part of a church is hostility towards God. You may not want to hear that today. And I'm sorry. I don't want to be a, the bearer of bad news at any time. But I'm not going to stand up here and, and beat around the bush and watch you go to hell. Today, today, be real with yourself. Be real with God. And ask the Lord, and, and do I just have a form? Am I denying your power? Because Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall receive power. And you'll be witnesses unto me. You're going to receive power to lay hands on the sick in Mark chapter 16. You're going to receive power to speak with new tongues. You're going to receive power to cast out demons. You're going to receive power. He, he gave power in Luke chapter, um, in Luke, I can't remember the chapter, but in, in, in the book of Luke, he gave power to the 70 to go out. And he said, I've given you power to trample on the scorpions and the serpents. But don't rejoice over this. Don't rejoice that the demons are... Subject to you at my name, rejoice that your name is written in heaven. That's where the true power comes from. That's where the true light comes from. That's where the true power of God envelops your life. That's where the true power comes from. So when I ask you to get real with God today, when I ask you to get real with God, because we are in a real time of pandemic. Because now there's, there's cases all around us. There's cases of people. Uh, Gerard told us of one this morning where an elder gentleman had, had died uh, just, just this past week. It's time to get real. It's not time to play church. It's not time to play uh, a good Christian. It's time to be in a relationship with our Father. Amen. The musicians are coming this morning, and uh, I was going to ask you to stand, but unless you have a really tall vehicle, that's going to be hard to do. Um, but I want to ask you this morning, are you convicted by this word? And I want you to be condemned, because not, it's not a condemning message. It's a message to bring conviction. It's a message to bring conviction this morning. And as conviction comes in, I want you to just ask yourself, am I, am I where I need to be with the Lord? And let me tell you something. I know a lot of times, you know, we, we have people to come to the altar and things like that. And I know we can't do that today. But you know what? You're at the altar. When you humble yourself before God, you've created an altar. When you humble yourself before the Lord and you call on His name, you've created an altar before Him. So this morning... In your place of that altar, I want you to be real with God. I just want you to ask Him, Lord, am I where I need to be with you? Am I where I need to be in your presence? Am I where I need to be in everything that I'm doing in my life? Am I where I need to be, Lord? 
So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your spirit is moving throughout this land. Moving throughout the, the airwaves of Facebook. Moving throughout the airwaves of the radio. That people would be crying out to you this morning. Lord, we're in a day of perilous times. Not just because of this pandemic, but Lord, because men are lovers of themselves. More than they're lovers of you. We're denying your power and we're denying your authority. We're denying you, Lord. We're showing hostility towards you. So today I pray, God, that you would be glorified in everything that we do. Lord, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. We're going to sing one more song, and I want you to just continue to pray and just continue to seek his face this morning.